Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, before we, while we're still standing and the Lord has our full attention, we just finished singing that song about break every chain. Some people in here may understand that, maybe have a fuller or more full understanding of that. There were maybe... Um, there may have been an addiction. There may have been something that really, you know, held you back. There may have been something. You know, it might not have been something that, that, like, that we might feel as this egregious sin is a lot of ringing up here. Um, but it may be something like, listen, this same old thing, this, this worry that we had, whether it be over our children, whether it be whatever it has been, it's this thing that just kept us from really enjoying the comfort and the presence of the Holy One. Amen? Amen. God. But God, who is rich in mercy. Amen? So I'm going to begin this morning's service before we pray. Psalm, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's Isaiah 61. The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to conform all who mourn, or comfort all who mourn, please excuse me, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. My brothers and my sisters, this is the thing that Jesus first spoke when He started His public ministry, when He was invited. He said, and this day, this is being fulfilled in your ears. We're still living in that dispensation. My brothers and my sisters, we are still living in this dispensation. The Spirit of the Lord right now is all over me, and it's all over some of you right now. Whatever it is, when we pray this prayer, whatever it is, you give it to God. You give it to God knowing full well that this is the Word of the Lord. This is the Word of the Lord. Whatever you've been hanging on to, whatever has kept you captive, again, whether it be something that is, in a, that is a sin that keeps tripping you up, whether it's just the worry that you have for whatever it may be, those things that keep you from enjoying God, the presence, the relationship, that keep you from receiving the beauty for the ashes. Amen. Let's give it to Him. Amen. Really give it to Him. Amen. Amen. And accept the comfort of the Lord. Our God and our Father in heaven, we thank You for this opportunity to come before You right now. In the name of Jesus our Savior, our Lord, our soon-coming King. So thank You, Lord. Lord, thank You that You've given people who are unworthy, beings who have turned their back on You, beings who have inherited this thing that takes us far from You, but You've made a way back to You. Lord, You've provided. And Lord, as we come alongside you now and ask for you to draw near to us, I pray that you would break the strongholds in our lives. Father, help us with those things. Father, not just the distractions of the enemy, not those things that the devil challenges us with only, but also, Father, the battle that we have in our own members, the battle that we have in our own flesh. Lord, I ask that you would help us, be with us, break those chains. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, be glorified in our lives. And Lord, as we continue in this attitude of prayer, Father, turn us into holy warriors for your cause, for your kingdom. Lord, I'm not asking that we all take up pitchforks. and Lord, I'm, I pray that we would leave here more equipped, with the armor of God. Lord, that we may truly be warriors for your kingdom. Lord, I also want to bring up right now, Lord, Israel. Lord, you knew from the beginning everything that would happen to the people that you chose to reveal yourself to this world through. 
And Lord, we thank You that You chose that people. And in Abraham, all the nations of the world are blessed, including us. We thank You that the promise that You gave to Abraham was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But Lord, yet still, Your people are suffering greatly. So Lord, we ask that You would somehow, some way, through all of this turmoil and through all of this killing and all of this terrorism that's going on over there right now, that now, even now, Lord, that there would be many, not just on the, the side of the Israelis, but also on the side of the Palestinians, that would realize that Jesus Christ is Messiah, yes. that yes. He is Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Somehow, some way, Lord, have Your holy angels there. Have someone equipped to minister Your Word yes. right in the middle of this yes. catastrophe, right in the middle of all of this gloom, all of this killing, all of this mayhem. Father, in Jesus' name, be the God of peace to those who you have already ordained and shod with the gospel of peace. Father, in the days ahead, Father, whether it be this issue or any other issue that we're faced with in this culture, Father, give us wisdom. Help us not to take the easy opinion Father, not to be compromised in any way, but give us boldness to believe the truth, to stand on the truth, and express the truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Well, we started uh, on Wednesday, a small group of us started our, our next Bible study we move from 1 Corinthians to 2 Corinthians. And if some of you who are here have been in and out of that study, and maybe I've mentioned it from the pulpit on Sunday, uh, part of the reason why I, I, I thought we were, it was appropriate for us and I really felt moved to the Holy Spirit to start off um, that study in 1 Corinthians because we see a church at Corinth that was, in my opinion, based on the reading, and I, I think some of you might agree with me, you see a, a church that, that Paul loved greatly uh, that Paul started, but that you see a church there that's totally influenced by the culture. Amen. And you see some of the things, and Paul is having to you know, uh, correct them, and, and you see people in that church that are just totally against Paul. Uh, so you see Paul having to, um, you know, uh, not, he says, I, I don't want to boast, but he has to give his credentials and, you know, speak about what the Lord has revealed to him and remind them that the, what they know of the Lord came because he brought it to them, him and all of those who were with him. So I see a, a church at Corinth, and it reminds me of where we are right now, and I could speak to the United States, but I think many of us understand that what's happening here is happening all around the world the church that's totally corrupted by the culture. Instead of us corrupting the culture, as it were, or actually you know, bettering the culture or influencing the culture, the church has been influenced by the culture. And so I thought it was more important for us to continue as we studied to go into 2 Corinthians and complete, as it were, that study. Um, but I was struck this week as, as I studied. So we're going to begin, and those of you who were there on Wednesday, you know, bear with me, you're going to hear some of the same things you heard possibly on Wednesday, but I really do believe that it's important. It just stayed with me and it struck me and I had to, to, to continue in it. So we're going to begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 uh, through 7. For, uh, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I'm going to pause here for a minute. If you, if you see this, I mean, God is the God of all comfort. And so, like we talked about on Wednesday, any comfort, any real, lasting, true comfort, God is that. God is the God of many things. God is the God of peace. God, all of those positive things, anything that is positive. Any, he's the Father of lights. In Him there's no shadow of turning. Any good and perfect gift comes from God. Amen? Anything good, anything really good, anything that is lasting good, anything, it, it, it emanates from Father. And it be, all begins and ends with four letters. L-O-V-E. Love. God is love. 
So anything that's sustainably good, anything that's sustained good, anything that's really good, truly good, it comes from God. So my brothers and sisters, I'm speaking to comfort, and this struck me, I think, because again, remember, in the culture, you know, we need comfort in this culture. We need to comfort other people. And that's what struck me here as I studied this and as I continue to meditate on this. I, I want to read it again. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, all comfort emanates from Him, who comforts us in all of our troubles and all of our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted. Do you see what the Apostle is saying here? He's saying, blessed be the God of God. He's comforting us. Paul, okay, he's, he's comforted you. And, and we know that Paul says later on, you know, they've been afflicted even unto death. They even had to be worried, uh, concerned about death. They, they were going to be killed. But God comforted them through all of that. Amen? As we looked at it on Wednesday, but now looking at it here. But look what he says. He comforts us that we may comfort you. Amen. Did you see that? Amen. Man, I, I, I feel conviction over this why because when i'm going through the stuff and i'm asking for god to relieve me i'm asking for god to help me i'm thinking only of me and then how many of us and i asked this question on wednesday how many of us have ever been through difficulties in our lives and then when we get through it we know that god carried us through it and then we also look back and we understand that god also allowed us to learn something into that amen amen, amen? so so now that makes a little more sense to me. Now I can understand that a little bit more because now I understand that I've been comforted through this hardship. And so now when other people go through some hardships, I, I can relate to that hardship. And so now I can strengthen and comfort them. Listen, not with mealy mouth words, not whitewashing. Oh, let me give you this scripture. You know, no, listen, God, God, truly, can take you out of this. He did it for me. I know He could do it for you. Let, let me just tell you, this thing had, that, you know, that overwhelmed me, this thing, but God. Amen? But God. And if He, he loves me, He loves you. There's, he did it for me. He'll do, but there's this relatable thing that we can go through. How many of, uh, older men in here uh, who have sons or daughters or whatever, you've shared some of your life experiences to try to help them? Amen? Amen. Of course. Of course. And, 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 you know, whether it's a hard time or a good time or whatever, I mean, what happens is you're able by experience to... to I'm a better grandfather. People talk to me about being a grandfather. I love being a grandfather. You know why I love being a grandfather? Because I get to spoil them and send them back. And everybody in this room has heard that at least once or twice, right? But you know why else I'm a, a better grandfather than I was a father? I think. I made a lot of mistakes when I was a father. And I sweated the small stuff. Right? But now having gone through that, I understand, listen, what the important thing is and what is not so important. What to really sweat. So I can give, hopefully, extend comfort to my children. Yeah, not so much because they still don't want to listen to dad. But, and, and, but, but, but do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? you know, I'm a better grandfather. I don't sweat the small stuff. I'm relaxed. Why? Because I've been comforted in knowing that it turned out okay. Those things that look so bad, you know, grace of God, it turned out okay. Amen? Amen? And so I think part of the, the, the issue here is not only just for the fact that it's the Apostle Paul and all of those people that are bringing the gospel. And so now you see all of them constantly in peril, in danger, suffering for Christ's sake. And then, listen, we're suffering for your sake in two-pronged. Two Number one, we're suffering because we're going around the world you ministering to the churches and can, and making new converts. So we're suffering for that. Amen. So we're suffering for your sakes. But on the other hand, you see that we're still protected and we're still doing it. So how many of you old Christians in here who you've been on the front line for a long time and guess what? You're still doing it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So some of you younger pups coming up through the ranks right now, hey, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you'll make it. It, you'll make it. Amen? But God. God has your back. God has your back. So I see, anyway, I see this in, in, and I want to be more in tune with that. I want to be more conscious of that. Uh, what? That, you know what? I need comfort and this comfort that I'm, uh, that I'm getting, it's not just me-centered. It's not just for me. It's for those who may be around me, for those who I may have to minister to. Are you with me? 
So, Lord, yes, comfort me, but give me a testimony. Lord, comfort me so that I may be able to comfort those. Amen. Come on. I, this, this is just... This has pounded me since I've really studied it. it it's just really pounding me because I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. That I thought that I'm, I'm praying for this and he's comforting me. I want to comfort and, and it's all about me. But it's not about me. Yeah, do I want to be comfortable? I do want to be comfortable. That's human. That's flesh. That's natural. But as we know and as we've studied, those of us who are living under a different lordship, those of us who are living as pilgrims, strangers in a strange land, those of us who are living with God as our king and not the U.S. government as our king or the dollar as our king or the fill-in-the-blank as our king, it's going to be tough. Isn't that right? Okay, so my brother and sister, automatically there's going to be a certain amount of discomfort. And if we are too comfortable in this world, we're doing it wrong. Amen? So we are, we are comforted, my brothers and sisters, so that we may comfort others. Don't seek the comfort just so that you can get relief. Is it wrong? No, get relief. But remember that God, God is comforting you. Now you, know, now you have to walk that out the way He has planned for you to walk that out. And how is that? So that you may comfort others. Amen? Amen? Okay, so let's continue now in verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation, which is the same word, by the way, as comfort, our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation or your comfort and salvation. And, and look at this. And our hope is for you, is, our hope for you is steadfast. Our hope for you, remember that word hope means confident expectation. This is not where they're just hoping, keeping their fingers crossed. Our hope for you is steadfast. We expect confidently, we know um, that this is going to happen because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so you also will be partake of the consolation. You also will partake of the consolation. So watch. So we know this. If you're suffering for Christ, we know that you also are, will be partakers. You will be comforted by Christ or in Christ. Amen? Why? It's happening for us. You're learning through us. You're seeing us suffer, but at the same time, us being comforted. And you know part of that is for you. Amen. Right? From the standpoint of we're bringing the gospel all around the world. Plus, you get to see the experience. You get to see. You get to witness this. You have the testimony now. Amen? You see by example. It's not something that, you, that should be totally foreign to you. You're seeing it. It's visible to you. God is allowing you to see this so that you can have confidence. And now here, look what he says. I like that word. So now our, our hope is steadfast. We have hope. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if you were the Apostle Paul or any of those early disciples who traveled and who were missionaries and who suffered, who were always under threat, can you imagine not seeing any results? Come on. I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine it. So now, so that hope that they had, they being the ones who, got, who were God's ministers and missionaries, Paul and all of his, their hope was that this was all going to happen. We have hope. We know that this is going to happen for you. We know that you're going to suffer for, for, for Christ's sake, and then we know that in that suffering for Christ's sake, you will be comforted. Why? It happened to us. Happened to you. That's what God does. He's the God of all comfort. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's, let's pause here just for a minute. My brothers and my sisters, we are, we are going to suffer and it's going to get worse. If you want to make yourself comfortable and you compromise to make yourself comfortable, you may be comfortable, but it's going to be short-lived. And you and listen, and eventually you're going to backslide and you may not be able to hear that trumpet when it sounds. You get mad at me for saying that if you want to. That's just the way it is. My brothers and my sisters, we need to be, listen, we need to be walking and following after God. Amen? And we are going to be made to feel uncomfortable. And not just made to feel uncomfortable about our feelings, but we will be uncomfortable with certain things. And, eventually, and it's going to get worse. But my brothers and sisters, here's the good news. The good news is He is the God of all comfort. And even in the middle of those things. And now we can, we can what? We can look at the Apostle Paul, his group, not only them, 
all of the first century church, all of those who went before us in that climate, in that culture where Christianity was then being rejected, and they all, many of them were martyred for their beliefs. Amen? But even in the middle of all of that, the God of great comfort was there. We get to look back on that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I have hope. We have hope. Amen? Hope is, is huge. And, and you know we've talked about that before. There were messages that came from this pulpit before. But let me just real quick uh, remind you of a few things. I won't go through all of the scriptures, just a few. In 1 Peter 1, it, I'm not gonna, it's not going to be up on the board. Just write it down. 1 Peter 1, and you're going to remember this as soon as I say it. Beginning verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Amen. See, there's, there's this other thing. There's more, my brothers and sisters. Listen, I, I know that there's many people who have been doing this a long time, longer time than I have that have bigger ministries, and one of them wrote a book and said something, the, the, your best life now or your best life here. I want to tell you something. If you have your best life here and if you have your best life now, forget it. You, you're not reading the same thing I'm reading. All right? So I, I don't know, I'm not going to even, that, that's enough of that. Now look at 1 John, 1 John 3, beginning verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For if we shall see Him as He is, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. So, so what is that saying? Look, the, the, the hope that we have, this thing that we have, we're right now we're children of God, and one day we were gonna, we're going to be able to see Him, and we're going to see Him as He is, and when we see Him as He is, we're going to become like Him. Did this mic suddenly go out? Are we good? Hey, we're, we're going to see Him as He is, and we're going we're to be like Him. So this is this hope of this glory, this thing that we have. We have an inheritance. We just read it in Peter, reserved for us in heaven. Amen? So we have more than whatever we can imagine, Right? I has not seen, ear heard, nor has entered in the heart of man, nor can man imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's scriptural, right? So no matter what we can think of, and there's some people in this room that can think a lot of things, but listen, no matter what we can think of, God is beyond that. Amen. It's beyond that. And God formed every fiber in your body. So he knows exactly, exactly what will bring you total satisfaction and gratification. Hallelujah. So whatever that is, He's got it reserved for us. Amen? So we, we're hopeful and it doesn't matter. And so what He's saying to us in the middle of all of this stuff, just remember, this isn't it. This is part of it, but this isn't it. Hallelujah. 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 So remember, and those of us who, who studied before, uh, with 1 Corinthians, remember Paul was reminding them in that book that, you know, because there were, there were those different teachings and stuff that was going around about no resurrection and all that. So Paul reminded them, look, if all we had to look forward to, if all we had was what we have in this life, we are among all people the most pitiable on the face of the earth. Right? Well, why is he saying that? Because he realizes there are, if you're following Christ, you're going to suffer like Christ suffered. There's going to be rewards and God is going to be in the middle of that. God of all comfort is going to be in the middle of that comforting you, but you're going to suffer tribulation. So here's what he's saying. If, we, of all, if there's no resurrection, if there's nothing to look forward to, then among all the people on the earth, we're the most We're sorry. Right? Hallelujah. So look, that doesn't mean now, uh, uh, man, I'm so enamored with what's going on. No, I, I got it. So, so look what he says. I, I want to go back. If you could put that back. Oh, it's still up. Thank you, Kason. Good job. Must be in the spirit. Look at verse 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So look, so it's not that I'm just going to sit here now and, and, and twiddle my thumbs and you know, hopefully the good outweighs the bad. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to feed the homeless. I'm going to throw something in the, in the offering box and I'm going to you know, not say any curse words and I'm going to do all this and so that when that trumpet sounds, I go or when the breath leaves my life, I go. No. Look at what he says. 
All who have this hope, what hope? That hope of what he's promised us, that hope of eternal life, that hope of being as he is, seeing him face to face and being like he is. Hallelujah. All who have this hope purify themselves as he is pure. So I'm, I'm busy. I'm doing something. I'm doing something about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 15, 4 with me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. See, hope and comfort, my brothers and sisters, are intertwined. Are you, are you seeing that? I mean, they're intertwined. But look at where the hope, where does the hope come from? The Scriptures. Right? Let me, let me read it again. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. So look, look, what is he talking to? He's talking about the Old Testament Scriptures. That we through the, through the patience and the comfort of the Scriptures. So look, the Scriptures comfort us and give us hope. So you see how they're tied. Come on, man. Am I, I think I'm the only one getting this. Maybe, am I, speaking, am I speaking in tongues right now and I don't know it? I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm telling you this. I, I, I don't, I, I drive myself wild. I drive myself crazy. Because this is so powerful to me and I'm just, am I, am I saying it right? Oh, oh, hallelujah. So, we, you know, we get comfort from the scriptures which brings us hope. Hallelujah. Also in Romans uh, 15, down a few verses in 13. Now may the God of hope, God of hope, the Father of all hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh. So here's another element to this. Are you with me? Okay, so look. So now all of a sudden, I, well, let me go back. The God of hope, so I've got hope. May He's going to fill me with joy and peace in believing. In believing what? The Scriptures. His Word. And I have the power to believe. Now the, His Holy Spirit comes alongside me. Gives me the interpretation of the Scriptures. Now I know what to believe. Why to believe it. How to believe it. Are you with me? That's why we see in Jesus, in John, I believe it's chapter 14, where He says, I have to go away. I'm going to send another Comforter. Another Comforter. Another Comforter. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Do you see this? Man, these, these words and His Spirit you know, give us comfort and strength. And look at what else. There's some other... This just happens to be fruit of the Spirit. Joy and peace in that verse. Hallelujah. Again, my brothers and sisters, part of the problem is we still go back to that we're looking for things in this culture to give us hope. We're looking, we're, we're, we're looking at natural things instead of supernatural things to give us hope. What do you mean by that? Well... Uh, you know, we're, we're inundated with uh, all of these political ads and gaga. This guy's going to help us out. This guy's going to help us out. That one's going to help us out. This one's going to... Please. And so our hope is if, I, if this guy gets elected or this lady gets elected, everything is going to be right. Or at least we got a fighting chance. Tell me that what I'm saying right now is not true. It is true. We put our faith and we hang our hope on a party, Right? on some, some things that are set, science. We, we put our hope in science and scientists. Come on. We, 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 we put our hope on all of these things, but we're a little bit less as it relates to, I'm going to see what God says. And I'm going to hang all my hope and all that I am on that. Are you with me? Hallelujah. If your hope, if your hope is hung, you have no real hope at all. Anything that we hang on this life is temporal. It's just that. It's temporal. People change. Have you ever, you know, this is just really easy picking, so forgive me if I'm sounding like this. I'm not trying to rain on anybody's political party or anybody in particular, but have you ever had voted for somebody who promised a certain thing when they got in there? It didn't go that way? Huh? Come on. So now look, don't get mad at me. Don't write me letters. Do you remember? Read my lips. No new taxes. Anybody old enough to remember that? Do we get taxed? Yeah. yeah. What are you hoping in? What are you hanging your hope on? And what do you, listen, and whatever you're hoping and your trust, that's, what's, that's, what, that's where your comfort is derived from. That's, you get great comfort and the hope is linked. It's, in, it's inevitably tied together. Amen? Amen? If you do that, 
if you're hanging your hope on something or someone, eventually you will be disappointed. Eventually you will. Especially if it's someone. Because to be honest with you, none of us are without failure. Did Einstein make any mistakes? Yes, he did. If you read, I mean, he, there were a lot of failures, right? He's a brilliant man. <laughs> Obviously, what he's done was, was awesome. But did he make mistakes? Yeah. If you... There, there have been people who I have um, maybe disappointed in my life. There are people that you may have disappointed in your life. And not, listen, not necessarily because you wanted to, just because you're human. And because they think of you, they have you on this certain platform or pedestal, or they have a certain expectation on you. And then when you fail to meet that expectation, and that's what happens, my brothers and sisters, when we, we, we kind of dislocate our, our, our worldview, when we dislocate you know, where we're deriving our strength, our comfort, our hope. Where, where, is that, where is that in? What are we placing that in and on? People will let you down. Parties will let you down. Science changes. It's an ongoing study. Things change. God never changes. God never changes. His word is true. Amen? His word is eternal. So why would I even think or hope or try to manage or manipulate around that? Why would I think or, or hope in anything else or, or, or try to make this fit in what my current status or stature is or make this fit with what a worldview looks like because it makes science scientifically sense, or excuse me, makes sense scientifically, easy for me to say. Are you, are you there? I mean, there have been, I mean, there, there, you could carry this to extremes. I mean, when I was a kid and I was so into sports, I mean, if my sports team lost, I was tore up. You know, you thought my world ended. Come on. Now, don't, now some of you are looking at me like that. So, now, there's some of you who have been adults, and when your sports team lost, that was it. You were done for a week. Come on. Let's be honest. We, we have so much of where we are, our comfort, our joy, so many of them are wrapped up in the here and now, and, and you're, are you with me? Come on. There are, some, there are again, certain issues and, and things that we are looking to for joy or for comfort or, or for, you know, and, you know when that, and when that thing fails, we lose hope. Okay, now what else do I have to look forward to? If that, are, is, any, is that making sense to anybody? See, if, now that didn't work out. Now what? So what else do I have to hope in? Where should I place this mantle? Are you with me? And so my brothers and sisters, that's why we, we need to look at the Scriptures. We really need to look at the Scriptures. I know it's easy for someone like me to say that, and, and I've been saying it for years, read and pray, right? But what else can I say? That's the truth. So, so that really, that's, that's where we, everything starts and ends right here. Amen? So, so let's look at Psalm 119 together. In Psalm 119, beginning in verse 47. 119, 47. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments. Do you know what he's saying? Listen, listen. I will delight myself. I'm, I'm, that's, that's really where I'm getting my business boom bah from. I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to derive Come on, I'm going to draw joy. I'm going to, draw, I'm going to delight myself in your commandments. I'm going to do them. I'm going to, but look what he says. I'm going to praise you. I will lift my hands also to your commandments. I'm going to praise you. I'm, I'm lifting up praise to you about your commandments. I'm, are, are you with me? Which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. Do you, are, you, are you there? Okay, so, so now what, what is the Scripture, what is the Holy Spirit telling us about our comfort? It it's, comes from our hope that we have because of the word. We should be comforted because of the hope that's given to us in the word. 
That's what this is saying to us. But, but there has to be a certain part. See, the first, first part of that, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands I will also lift to your commandments. I will meditate on it. We have to do our part. What we cannot do is maybe read, God, read a, a scripture or two here or there and then, and then think that we're going to derive hope and comfort. We can't. Why? Because we have to, there has to be something more. It has to be an animated in us. Are you with me? See, but, but I know that's kind of similar to what we could say every week. We have to, you know, do my commandments. Jesus, if you love me, you know, ask, do what I ask you to do. Uh, you know, there's so many things, right? Uh, you know, faith without works is dead. There's so many different ways that we could preach the same words, basically. But what I'm here to say to, to you today, li- listen, without the word, any comfort that you have is temporary. Any hope that you have is misplaced hope. Without the word. So you need to know what the word says. And not just have a mental disposition for it. You need to understand in your heart. Number one, Jesus loves you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And no matter what happens, and no matter what it looks like in front of you, this word is 100% true. Amen? Amen? And whatever it says is going to happen, it's going to happen. Amen? And whatever it says that you have, you have it. No one can change it. Nothing else can... Are you with me? Okay. That's, that's pretty awesome. And that's... My brother and sister, I mean, it, again, I mean, that's so similar to anything that could be said from this pulpit or any other pulpit. But my brothers and sisters, you know, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at a culture right now where suicide rates have gone up. Now, let me ask you something. Is that because those people have hope? Of course not. It's totally opposite. And it's, you know what the shame of it is? A lot of that, the, the, the suicide rate among young people has gone up. How could you be a young person and not have any hope whatsoever? Now, I know when you're young, you know, your, your best girlfriend breaks up with you, you're brokenhearted for a time and all that other stuff, but you get over it. There's other things. There's football. There's... A, I'm speaking, of course, from my experience. But my brothers and sisters, now it's totally different. What, what, what hope does the culture actually offer children and young people? What is there? Let's uh, be, uh, be a... Be a uh, oh, I'm going to mess this up. Say that again? Yes! Thank you, Steve. Be an internet influencer and make a lot of money, and man, you're, you're going to be set. You know, or what, what else? What, you know, b- become an athlete. That's so many young people are so devoted and, and parents are grooming so many young people just to become a professional athlete so that they can make millions and millions of dollars. And then what? What? I'm not mad. I'm just saying we are living in a culture that has l- no hope. It's not offering any hope. And let me ask you this. So you become this millionaire, this billionaire, and then you have all of this money saved here or you have something saved there. And then guess what? You, you, you're like Elon Musk. Maybe you say the wrong thing. Now everybody's out to get you. I, I'm, I, don't, I don't care whose side you're on. I don't care. It's, it's, that, that's not even the point. Money is not... And, and, and by the way, the Bible tells us very specifically it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. Jesus told the parable of that rich man. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build more barns to hold everything that I've accumulated. And when you fool, your life could be, you could be standing before the Lord tonight, and then who gets your stuff? Come on. So my brothers and sisters, what hope, what comfort, what, what do we have, what are we offering for the generation coming up behind us? Amen. So here, so what? So, okay, Tony, I, I tell my kids about, you know, I go to church. Wait a minute. Are we living like we have hope? Are we living according to the comfort that the God of all comfort provides for us? Or are we looking for something in here and now to comfort us and to give us strength? I'm not saying that it's wrong to have goals. I'm not saying that if you're offered a higher paying job, that you automatically, if you go to do that, you're just chasing money. No. But what I am saying is, don't look at the money. Pray. Ask the Lord, am I supposed to go there? The job looks good. The money looks great. 
It lo- everything looks, seems right according to human nature. Looks right according to the here and now. However, Lord, what would you have me to do? This house looks great. It's big enough. It's, oh man, our family, oh yeah, we could have church in the living room. Hallelujah. But is this the neighborhood that I'm supposed to live in? God, what would you have us to do? It's not wrong to have goals and it's not wrong. But when those things start determining really how you, is that where you're deriving your comfort from? Is that what your hope is in? Well, at least I have this house. They're not going to take this away from me. Uh, Baloney. At least I have this house or at least I have this car. This car will never break down. I paid, you know, $70,000 for it, not $7,000. So this will never break and there you are on the side of the highway. My brothers and my sisters, I'm telling you something. We're so doggone driven by the culture that even me, I have to watch everything. Come on. Where is my hope and where am I really comforted? Hallelujah. I'm so grateful and thankful that I have a Christian wife. I'm so grateful and thankful that I have a wife, my brothers and sisters, who loves God. And so some of you men, if you were smart right now, you'd give your wife a little bit of a, yeah, baby. <laughs> I gave you the opportunity. I gave you the opportunity. But, but, but you know, as, as I'm not just trying to be facetious, but that's so important. And so wives, let me say the same thing to you. If your husband is seeking the Lord, yeah, we're going to mess up. Uh, yeah, I mean, some, sometimes we get a little Fred Flintstone in us. Come on. And so some of you who are too young to understand what Fred Flintstone, yeah, ask your parents later. But you understand what I'm saying to you. Yeah, sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we get a little thick-headed. Sometimes, but my brothers and sisters, listen. Listen. That's where we derive comfort is from those people, Christian brothers and sisters. And if we're fortunate to have a spouse who is a Christian, who is, loves God and is trying their best to serve God, that's where we get the comfort from. Amen. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. So now, let's go back. We'll go back to um, 2 Corinthians, where we started, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. You see that? Again, it's not, again, just about our comfort. Wives, I mentioned you and praised you there a minute ago, or praised mine and any of you who have as a wife that is serving the Lord. But wives, keep in mind, again, when that's part of what you're called to do. So at, on the one hand, we're, I'm, I'm lifting you up and praising you about it. Don't get too worked up about that. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And I know that sounds kind of facetious, but the point, there's a point here. You're, and that's, that's, this is this whole thing, my brothers and sisters, this is the whole thing that's been whammying me for a little while now, for a few days now. It's just been hitting me. Is that better? I'm comforted so that I can comfort her. I'm comforted so that I can comfort you. I'm comforted. I have a word of testimony. The God of all comfort. Hallelujah. And so even in the middle of my bad situation, there's some strength here. There's some comfort here. There's always hope. Why? Because even, my brothers and sisters, if the worst thing happens, it's not the end. My end is with Him. So now, I'm going to go to Romans 15. Just It'll be up there. Romans 15, beginning verse 1. We then, who are strong, ought to bear the scruples of the weak. And not to please ourselves. There you go. That's the key. Is not always to be so concerned with pleasing ourselves. Now, contextually here, uh, pa- Paul is talking to you know those who uh, have problems with uh, eating certain meats and doing certain things and so on and so forth. He's saying if you're strong, you should go ahead and not do those things and think about them, not think about you. Right? Let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. 
For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through, the, through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You see, that's almost the same thing that we read a little while ago, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? I've got to read that again. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Patience and comfort of what? Scriptures. So we, we read the scriptures and we're comforted through the scriptures and now we know that there's hope. There's hope. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're in the middle of. And listen, I know that it's easy to say. I, I know that. And I know that it's certainly easy to say on a Sunday morning when the Holy Ghost is in the room and the presence of Jesus is here. It's easy to say when, you know, in this very minute, in this minute, you don't have your enemy in front of you. Hallelujah. And we already prayed for, you know, the chains to be broken, for strongholds to be broken, and I believe that they are. But what happens when we leave here? What happens when we wake up in the morning and there's that ache or that pain? Or we try to roll out of bed and we feel it. Now, listen, some of you younger people may not be able to kind of relate to that. Keep on living. What happens? Is the first thing that we think of, praise the Lord? Is the first, come on. Come on. No, it's not for me. I'm going to speak to me, okay? No, but now, okay, Lord, comfort me in this discomfort. I'm, I'm depending on you. Comfort me in this discomfort. And now, I'm going to, listen, it might not even be that day where I have to speak to Steve. He's got, Steve, hey man, I woke up with a backache too, but the Lord took care of it, or I'm, praise the Lord, hallelujah, pray for, no. Maybe I'm just a little bit more joyful that day. Why? I have comfort, I have hope, and I have joy and peace, like we've read. And so now all of a sudden, when I'm getting around Steve, or I'm getting around that co-worker, or I'm getting around that other person who hey, may have another problem, they see something different in me, in you, in we. Are you there? So now we're comforting, we're bringing comfort to somebody, somehow, someway, and they're, they're not even suffering the same problem that we are. And listen, they don't even know about our problem, but because, my brothers and sisters, we are comforted by God, because we don't look at what's happening here and now, and we understand that His Word is forever, His Word is true, and what He promised we're going to have. In this moment, I'm feeling pain, but in this moment, I know God knows my pain, and God is going to carry me through this one one way or another. So now, let me walk this out just a little bit. Come on. And so now it's different. Man, my, my kids are acting a fool. Uh, the job is not looking too good. I just got reprimanded at work. Things aren't looking good. God, help me. God, I need your strength. I need your comfort. Let me read your word. Let me get down in your word. When, well, listen, God is going to instruct me. God is going to tell me when you're working to the owner of the company, when you're working for your boss, work every day like you're working for me. Have I been doing that? No, I haven't. I'm going to go back in there and I work every day. Listen, have I been tithing at church? Uh-oh. Have I been tithing? No. God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, I get it, but I don't know. Come on. Have I been, all of these things that are part of what being a Christian, part of what His Word tells us. Let me, let me examine myself. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all of these aches and pains. I'm not getting any comfort whatsoever. I wake up. I, I do have, oh, Michelle, what's the matter? Ah, the back. Okay. Now all of a sudden, okay, I have someone there to help me. She may be in pain herself. But she's not going to be worried about her pain in that moment. She's more concerned with my pain in that moment. That's what he's talking about. And guess what? Have you ever noticed something? That when you're helping somebody or when you're talking to somebody and trying to help them through their problems, all of a sudden your problems don't seem as big? Amen. Has anybody else noticed that besides me? Amen. Why? Because, listen, my brothers and sisters, you're going to be comforted with the comfort that you're supposed to be comforting other people with. So when you're practicing that, when you're doing that, Amen. and now there's hope for everybody. Hope enough to go around. We want our young people to have hope. We need to have hope. I, I'm really good at telling you, 
and I say you, that's a general term. I'm really good at telling, I could tell you what's going on in this culture. I could tell you what's going on. I could tell you, and many of you in this room know just as well. And we could, I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. You know how I know it? The Bible says so. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic, uh, your worldview of socioeconomics is. It doesn't matter what you, you think socialism is a good thing, Marxism is a good thing, communism is a good thing, capitalism, it doesn't matter. There's only one of two ways you can go. Jesus said it, and that's what's happening right now. There's a battle. The enemy of your soul and mine is trying to rule this world through humans. He needs a body to do his thing. Come on, listen to me. He needs a body to do his thing. And so he has a body. There's a body of people who think, like at the Tower of Babel, that they can make everything work right. And this thing, this earth can last forever. And in fact, if the earth doesn't last forever, they have enough technology where eventually they're going to be able to fly to other planets and colonize those. I'm, I'm not now. Some of you, I know that. You know, did he just get off the rails? No, I didn't just get off the rails. But see, my brothers and sisters, this is what they're teaching our kids. So now, all of the hope is in all of this technology and all of these brain, these brainiacs who know all of these things. But God says, this is how it's going to happen. So, what are we living by? What are we living by? Are, are, are we living like? God says this is going to happen. So, so I'm going to tell you too. Now, in the next few days, I'm, I don't even want to know. If Israel goes in there and wipes the floor with them, I mean, oh, right now, oh, Israel, Israel, Israel. Okay, Israel, it's terrible what they're doing. It is terrible what they're doing. You know, I heard some reports where they were literally coming out of tunnels, snatching people and carrying them into the tunnels. Can you believe that? How would you feel if that was your family? Come on. How would you feel if that was your distant relative, lives in that area, boom, next thing you know, it's being bombed, people are being, be, people are being killed, kidnapped, and how would you feel? Oh, Israel has the right to defend themselves. That's what they're saying now. But I'm going to tell you something. As this thing goes on, things are going to, they're going to be Israel this, Israel that, and there's going to be people. My brothers and sisters, listen, why am I saying, why am I bringing this all up? Because all of these things that happen now, our kids are in the middle of seeing this, and our kids are hearing what they're saying. You have the answer. If you know what this book says, you have the answer. That country will survive. That country will survive. And it's not going to be because of the United States of America. It's going to be because of God Almighty. So, so why, see, did I, again, did I suddenly get off? The, no, what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, we, we know what this word says. And if we're adhering to this, we have hope, we have comfort, we have strength, and that's what we need to be passing on to our kids. Amen? And anybody and everybody, listen, I, I, I was taught, whenever I'm doing the yard work, one of my, like we hadn't talked in a long time, so one of my neighbors comes over, and he's, hey, you know, take a drink. And then one of the other neighbors came out, hey, she hasn't talked to us in a while, the old lady who lives across, hey. How y'all doing? What are you guys doing? I said, it's just two old crows standing under a tree. <laughs> so the two old guys in the neighborhood are standing there yapping. And he starts talking about some things, and I just had the opportunity. I know he's not born again yet, but I'm trying, and I'm just laying the scriptures. And we're talking about, he's talking about things and how difficult things are, blah, blah, blah. We're, I'm telling about, you know, how's the job going? It's, man, it's so difficult. You know, the culture that we're living in is making it really hard to supervise people and get jobs done, and no one has a, any kind of, yeah, you're shaking your head because you know it, right? There's, you know, there's no one has any standards anymore. It's just, you know, it's just really difficult. So we start talking about that, and then he talks about, and he happens to be married to a woman who wasn't born in this country, and I don't want to say her nationality, and she speaks pretty good English, but she has uh, an accent, you know, a heavy accent. So long story short, he was telling me about all through their lives, and he's probably about my age, maybe just a little older, um, and all through their lives, you know, uh, being a, um, that kind of relationship, um, that it's been difficult. And there have been times, but he told me this. And, I, and, I, and he said, over the last couple of years, it's been worse. And he won't let his wife go anywhere without him. Wow. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. She's not black. But my brothers and sisters... And, and he's telling me this, and my heart is breaking. I know these people, and, I, and I'm thinking, I can't imagine that. What are you talking about? He said, oh, no. And he gave me some instances. And he says, and it's just lately where it's gotten really bad. He says, we've always had to keep our eyes open. And it was, it's always been something. He said, but just lately it's gotten way worse. Why do you think that is? And I told him, here's why it is. We're living in the last days. The enemy of our soul and all of those who are trying to have um, you know, power and control want to separate us even more. 
Because if we unite, they don't have power over us. The minute we let them keep us fighting amongst each other, separate us and, and all this, and divide us and get us thinking about other things other than being united, helping each other, taking care of each other, they got us because now we're dependent on them for everything and anything. Amen? He said, man, you know, I didn't think about that. So we're talking, man, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, I read the back of the book. We win. He says, what? I said, I read the back of the book. We win. This, none of this stuff is taking God by surprise. In fact, he told us all of this was going to happen. And I read the back of the book. We win. He started laughing. All right. But my brothers and sisters, that's us. Jesus is the hope of the world. You have the spirit of Jesus living in you. So let's be, among all the people of the earth, the most hopeful, the most comforted and strengthened. Listen, we're going to need comfort and strength, right? There's going to be a time when I'm feeling down and, and I'm going to need Michelle or I'm going to need you or Steve or somebody who's close to me is going to help to, to bring me up. And it may not be to commiserate with me. In fact, that's the worst thing you could do. Don't commiserate with me. Just say, hey, look, God loves you. I don't think you're too bad either. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, I, I, I was so taken back by what that man told me while, while we were talking. I almost teared up. I don't want to be a goofball or anything, but I almost teared up. I can't imagine anybody being that way. And, and you know what? And just having a heavy accent. He was treated so rude in a store the other day. Uh, because she was because uh, I can't even understand. And the person who was supposed to be helping her walked away and just left her standing there. If I were there, I thought it would be hard for me not to go and grab something. But, but how do you not want to how do you not want to comfort that person? Could you imagine how that person feels in that moment? How could you not want to comfort that person? Right, right. I, I know how that feels. I mean, when I came down here and I'm from the Northeast and I'm talking to people, huh? they're looking at me like I'm speaking a different language. It's funny. I watched the, the, I watched the TV version of my cousin Vinny the other day. We were watching for a little while and they're, they're talking and I started laughing. They, I got relatives that talk like that. Sometimes it's barely discernible. I need subtitles. Now, after I lived here for a little while and I went back up there, they were looking at me like, huh, what? You talk like them down there. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? what am I saying? Is it, see, look at as, as silly as those things seem to us, can you imagine being in a public place and someone treating you harshly? How could you not want to comfort that person? How could you not want to come alongside that person? And that might be you. Not to fight somebody. And not to say, oh, that person's a jerk. Man, you should never come back to this store again. You No, hey, listen. Not everybody's like that. I, yeah, man, come on. What, what can you, let me help you. What can I help you with? Just be kind. Just be nice. Right? Maybe, and, and that's the God who comforts you is going to comfort them through you. Am I going too long? Am I breaking? Come on. Hallelujah. Anybody, anybody agree with that? Hallelujah. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Lord, you are the God of all comfort. Father, all of our hope is in you. Lord, Lord, make these words somehow, some way, be so strong in us, stir us up so that we're so much more determined in our walk not just, Lord, to seek the comfort that we get from you by your word, but, Lord, first of all, to be more determined to be students of your word than we've ever been before so that we can be comforted and have that hope. Lord, but also to realize that, Father, what we have from you is a gift, a gift that we're supposed to give to the world. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now that we would be more determined to receive the gift, to be cognizant of the gift, and to be givers of the gift. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name, and I pray, Lord, that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to do everything that we've just prayed about. And Lord, if there's anyone in here 
who's not sure. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that you would, that you would knock on the door of their heart. Father, that you would not let them alone. You wouldn't let them rest. Father, until they absolutely, positively become born again to make sure, Lord, that you are the God of their life, that you are king of their life, that they die to self and live for you. Father, in Jesus' name, anyone in this room, anyone watching, Father, that you would minister that. Holy Spirit, you grab hold of those hearts right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, for any of us that have been lax in our walk, lax in our reading, Father, any of us who have been a little bit relaxed with what we let pass through our lips, Father, what we let in through our eyes, Father, would you please forgive us? Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Lord, would you please renew a right mind in us? Father, would you give us a right thinking, a right mind? Renew your, your spirit, Father. Just touch us with a fresh touch and a fresh anointing. And Lord, that we may receive everything that you've given to us through your word, by your word. And Father, that we may become comforted and comfort those living in hope. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you all. Go in peace. Have a great week. Look forward to seeing you next time.